You're tuning in and turning on to the Inside Game with Mitch Newman. A chance to dig in and dig deep and how to move from all or nothing results, even sporadic results, to sustainable lifetime results in every aspect of your personal and professional life. Truth be told, none of us escape stuff. And what would it be like to effectively weather any season or storm that comes your way with determination, dignity, with grace, and gratitude? Knowing the truth of who you are will always carry you well across the finish line. So if you're ready to match your insides with your outsides, let's jump in. After years, great number of years working with couples, challenges they had in communication, their relationships with themselves, each other. I remember coming to a great conclusion, at least for myself, and it seemed to be helpful for those that I work with, that the the greatest form of cheating is not the infidelity that occurs within and outside of a marriage, that the greatest form of cheating is withholding from within the marriage, withholding your love, withholding your truth, withholding your words withholding your heart, just the withholding of it all. And how often we find ourselves in situations where we don't have the opportunity to speak our truth and then feel disgruntled or upset later, feel cheated, feel cheated out on an experience, or when we actually have the opportunity and we don't take it. In my 57th year on the planet, I had received a call from my sister that my mother had received a diagnosis of pancreatic cancer. And was basically given six months to live. I don't know that my mom initially knew the amount of time, but she knew that she was basically handed a death sentence. And her goal at the time was to not have to be someplace other than her own bed. And the beauty was, is that for the work that my sister was doing in the world and the work that I was doing in the world, that we could make that happen. We could get the right support. My sister was there a lot during the day, working independently and as a consultant And then having, uh, we had these three sisters who would rotate and spend the night with my mom. And for the longest time, I'd say probably, I mean, they gave her six months. For five months, she was ultimately pretty good. And I was able, thank God, to be able to go back and forth as I needed to, to be able to relieve my sister, to be able to spend time with my mom. And I became very, very present because I I was able to work my business from her, her dining room table. And just be very, very present with the experience of it. We'd watch the news together. She'd talk about my president. (laughs) Uh, She'd scream and yell about the Phillies and the Eagles and all of that stuff. Lifelong fan. And the times that I would relieve my sister and that I was there, I found myself like making her meals and stuff like that. I remember one time just standing in the kitchen, just started to cry from really from the place of joy. 
how the tables had turned and thinking of all the years that my mom made me breakfast or maybe lunch or maybe dinner. And now I was able to be in a position to be able to support her in her final days to be able to make her meals. And when I say meals, I mean, maybe I'm toasting a bagel for her or something, but, but the idea that I got to prepare that for her uh, was very special for me. And there was a certain point and, you know, the hospice nurse would come lovely, lovely woman. I always say hospice workers, nurses, anybody in that field, they were, (laughs) they were born with two hearts. They just, they just are born with two hearts. And this particular nurse was incredibly lovely and she would come by multiple times a week and really kind of develop, you know, they develop a bond with the family. You feel a closeness to them. And my mom really, for the most part, aside from having some days where she was a little bit disoriented, a little slower to walk, needing a little assistance with the walker, she overall was, was really okay. She was reading the paper. She was watching the news. She was watching the TV. We would chat. We would talk. And I remember at one point, the hospice nurse, we were all just sitting. She had just examined my 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 mom at, and her bed and taken her vitals and all that stuff. And she came out and she sat down with us. And it was really so fascinating because she kind of looked around and she said, listen, your mom is doing well right now. Like she's she's obviously dying, but she's not dying tomorrow. But I've watched how fast I kind of get a sense and I watch how these things can go and how quickly they can turn and move. So my sense is, if there's anything that you may want to say to her or that's unresolved or whatever, whatever may be pressing that's on your, on your heart and your mind that you want to share with her, now would probably be a pretty good time to do so. And I remember just at the thought of her saying that, I just started to choke up. <laughs> I couldn't even get, tears just started to come out of my eyes and I just couldn't even get like words out when she was talking. And I think in my body, I knew that, that, that not only that she was right, that there were obviously things that I did want to say. And I don't know if she had told this to my sister or one of the night gals that would come said something to my sister. I don't even remember how this came down, but the information that came back to me was that my mom, um, my mom's greatest concerns were, would her grandchildren remember her and would I be okay? Or would we, my sister and I, be okay? So the hospice nurse left and I knew that that day I was going to have a conversation with my mom. And it was so interesting because I never really felt like I had, any, I had been withholding anything from her. That I had been holding on to necessarily anything. I believe that I had done a, a, a significant body of work over the years with my mom, um, whether she, <laughs> she realized it or not, between therapy, between going back to school and working my process, just on a really, really deep level. And, But I felt like there were things that I did want her to know, especially based upon what had been presented to me around you know, my daughter's remembering her and as well as, as would we be okay? So I didn't want to withhold. I didn't, because I knew that, that I had an opportunity here. I didn't have that opportunity with my father. My father and I were, 
we were we were at peace. He was never not at peace with me. There were times that I wasn't at peace with him just internally, but that was really more a reflection of me not being at peace with myself. And I had done a significant body of work around that stuff that I had to heal around my dad, um, which was about me. Well, it really wasn't even about him. My dad was amazing. But my dad died suddenly. There was no um, prolonged illness. There was no time. There was no conversation. He, he died instantly, pretty much. And at a time when we didn't know he was even not well, he just went. But I felt complete. I didn't feel like I had anything that, that you know, I guess if given the opportunity like I had with my mom, I, I would have probably shared some things with him. But I didn't feel like there was anything unresolved. I didn't feel like there was anything that I needed to share with him that I was like, man, I really missed out on it. I felt like we were good. We were good. But here I was in a different scenario with my mom where there's this prolonged period of time, which basically six months to live back and forth from LA to Philly multiple times, talking on the phone all the time, dealing, working with my sister around the logistics of all of this and what it all looked like and the finances and all of that stuff. And it was real, really a very relatively smooth process. But this process of having a conversation with my mom, I knew I needed to do, and I was grateful that I had the opportunity to do it. I was just just quite frankly, nervous, but knew I was going to. And I knew I was going to do it that day, too, after the hospice nurse left. So I went in, I went in her room and I lay down on the pillow next to her. We were just watching TV. And at a certain point, I turned to her and I said, you know, I just want you to know that You've been a great mom to me my whole life. You've always been there for me. I could always count on you. You were you you would always drop anything and everything for for me and for for Randy, my sister. Um, but I just want you to know that we're going to be okay. And you know, my girls love you. They will always love you. They will always remember you. And we're going to be okay. We cried. Both of us just lay there and cried. And I felt such a tremendous sense of relief. Just in saying that, to let her know how much I loved her, and still do, to let her know how much I've appreciated everything that she did. And we had our moments. Don't get me wrong. We had our moments. But all was said and done. She was always there for me. You could always count on my mom. And I knew that those things were important to her. I knew that she wanted to know that her grandkids would remember her and that we would be okay. And I went, as soon as I said that and shared that with her, she started to cry and I started to cry. She told me how much she loved me. I told her how much I loved her. And I felt complete. Now, it was no easy process in the process of watching her actively die when her time came. It was a four-day process that happened that fell literally on my sister's birthday. 
And we were both there together, ushering her as best we could, playing the right music. It was four days. It was intense. And I don't, think, I don't know that you ever stop grieving. I don't know that I'll ever stop grieving the loss. It's my mom. It's my dad. But what I do know is this, that grief is so much an inside game. So much about not judging myself, not withholding from myself or from my mom, not thinking and overthinking how something will be received or not received, but the willingness to just share what is inside, what is in spirit, what is in my heart. Grief is that inside game, and if if it's not considered and it's not worked with, it has external game consequences. It just does. It has external game consequences. And a lot of times people just act that out, and I see it, and I watch it, and I've been a part of it, and I've coached people through it. So, so much about that is rooted in the process of forgiveness, of forgiving yourself, the judgments that perhaps you've held against others for the supposed wrongs that they did, the actual wrongs perhaps that they did that you've judged as wrong, that you've held on to so deeply and so tightly. Forgiving them within their own humanity for the mistakes perhaps that they made. Forgiving yourself and your humanity and the mistakes I know that I made over the years. See, that process of of forgiveness is so critical, so necessary, so deeply rooted in grief as the inside game. Because the goal is not to be in a position to project the grief onto other people, to project what's unresolved onto other people, to not hold other people emotionally hostage because of of what you have not done for yourself, to relieve yourself of whatever burden that you may be carrying. See, grief's external consequences are not just about you. It's about how they affect other people. It's how they affect perhaps your your spouse or significant other, your kids, the people you work with, the people that you're friends with. It has that reach. And when we withhold our truth, when we withhold what's present inside of us, whatever that is that needs to be shared, especially when we're given the opportunity to share it. We need to take advantage of that. We need to understand that as long as we hold on to that, and like I said, I don't know that you ever stop grieving. It just starts to look different. It just starts to feel different. You start to really understand that The idea of grieving is rooted in love. 
when people used to say to me, God, I feel like my, you know, my heart is broken. I say, consider this, consider that your heart has been broken open, revealing your capacity for loving. See, if you weren't grieving, if you don't have those natural experiences, those human experiences of grief, then you would be indifferent. Your core value of love would be non-existent. You wouldn't allow yourself to get close to anyone or anything to feel love, to experience love, to give love, to receive love, none of it. And you wouldn't experience grief. You wouldn't experience what it is to lose someone in the form that you always knew them. To be able to express that in a way that is healthy and natural and nurturing to be able to model that because my kids, when my mom died, they didn't, they didn't know my dad. When my mom died, my kids looked at me. I wanted them to see that from time to time I would cry. I wanted them to see that from time to time I still cry. Now they laugh at me because I, <laughs> I cry all the time anyway. But I wanted them to see that. I wanted them to see that, 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 that grief reveals your deepest capacity for love. That's why it's there. So work with it on the inside. Forgive what needs to be forgiven. Forgive who needs to be forgiven. Forgive yourself. Allow the love, allow the truth, allow the words, allow your heart to shine through. And then watch how that creates powerful, powerful experiences in your external game. How those two elements, your inside game, your outside game, how they work together in powerful, powerful ways to feel what you need to feel, to grieve what you need to grieve, and to make zero apologies for it. I'm Mitch Newman. We'll see you again next time. So if you enjoy this episode and like what you're hearing, I would appreciate you subscribing to this podcast and consider sharing this as well with a friend who may have an interest in fine-tuning their own inside game. Any comments, reviews, suggestions, all are welcomed and appreciated. Tagging me in your stories is also a great way to pass the word and provide me with additional confirmation that the content is landing, at least somewhere. <laughs> and if I'm missing the mark, don't hold back. I want to hear that too. So, until next time, don't hesitate to dig in, go deep, and find your magic. <laughs>